New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. Despite ever more sophisticated medical technology and more expensive health care, chronic diseases are increasing. If mainstream medicine is doing its job, why are the rates of obesity, diabetes, and heart disease rising instead of decreasing? The estimated number of people exposed to unnecessary hospitalization annually is 8.9 million admissions. Medical errors are the third leading cause of death after heart disease and cancer. Centuries ago, people died from infections, plagues, and flus. Today, it can be said that we die from toxins in foods and the toxic side effects of drugs. Obesity and diabetes have become the new plagues of our time. What can we do? How can we turn our focus from a sentence of perpetually taking more and more drugs to creating a new model of healing care? Today, we'll be looking at how many of us are choosing a toxic lifestyle and what we can do to transform it into a healthy one with our guest, Dr. Roberto Tostado. Dr. Roberto Tostado has been practicing medicine for over 26 years and is board certified in regenerative and anti-aging medicine. He's a fellow of nutritional and digestive medicine from the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, dedicating his practice exclusively to preventative and regenerative medicine. He's one of the new breed of doctors pioneering in an integrative approach to wellness. Dr. Tostado inspires his patients with the simple, powerful, idea that good food is medicine. He received his degrees from Columbia University, the University of Michigan Medical School, and a USC medical residency at the California Medical Center in Los Angeles. He founded the iBody Wellness Center in San Marino, California. He's the author of WTF, or What the Food is Wrong with Our Health, A Rebel Physician's Manifesto for Reversing Disease and Increasing Smiles. Join us for the next hour as we explore how to truly reverse chronic health conditions with our guest, 
Dr. Roberto Tostado. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Roberto, welcome. Thank you, Justine. I greatly appreciate being here. I appreciate your being here as well, because this is a subject that's touching all of us these days. Absolutely. I'd love to begin just a little bit with your background, because you started off as internal medicine or a physician within a HMO healthcare system. Right. And then you decided after some time that that wasn't really the way you wanted to practice medicine. Tell us that story, please. Well, it does start in medical school where I realized that we weren't being taught nutrition. And here I thought when I was going to become a health provider that that would be an integral part of what we would learn. And instead, we received two years of pharmacology in our first two years of medical school. And I was really having a difficult time understanding why this was the emphasis. And so there was a part of me that wanted to quit medical school and actually took a year off to consider this. Realizing though that I had accrued so much debt and I should become a doctor to pay off all these debts, I continued on this journey. And through my residency program after medical school, the same emphasis of pharmacology, treating disease, but there was no notion whatsoever in terms of nutrition. So I was a little disheartened. That being said, I uh, went into my uh, specialty of family practice and I worked at uh, Kaiser amongst other clinics. And throughout the years as a family practice doctor, I felt I was being an excellent physician, listening to my patients, giving them the prescriptions that they needed. But then I noticed a pattern. And what I saw was patients coming back over and over again for this side effect or that side effect. Or yeah, they were getting a little bit better, but they still felt ill. They still felt tired. And so over the years of family practice, I started to develop a crisis within myself. It was like a crisis with my conscience. I felt that I really wasn't helping people, that all I was doing was managing their disease. So then I went to this conference, which was an epiphany for me. This was like in 2000, 2001. And at this conference, as I mentioned in the book, I felt that I was seated with my fellow defectors, other doctors who felt like I did, where we knew we could do something else and help people heal and not just manage their disease. So there's this one neurologist who was giving us a talk on the top 10 causes, most uh, popular causes of death in the United States. And after heart attacks, strokes, and cancer, number four was pharmaceutical prescriptions. Essentially, I realized then and there, I was a licensed killer, that I was prescribing medication that could potentially kill a patient. Now, do we sometimes need an antibiotic or insulin or a surgery? something traumatic happens and you need emergent care, there's no question. But that really isn't what I'm getting at in my book. I'm talking about the other 90%. The primary care, not the tertiary care, the primary care where we're focusing on prevention, where we're focusing on helping people become well and to become healed. So this is when I decided to quit traditional medicine and to go back to what I didn't learn in medical school, namely nutrition, so that I could apply these principles to my patients as I did to myself. Because at the time, 
I had obesity, I had cholesterol issues, I had chronic fatigue when I was working at Kaiser. And so when I started looking at food differently, started looking at eating whole foods versus the fast foods that I was eating on a daily basis. I was a donutaholic. That's why I have a donut on the cover of the book. I truly was. And so my point being that I realized that as I was eating wholesome foods, and I'm not talking about dieting. In fact, I'm against diets. I'm talking about eating things that don't have ingredients, like broccoli's broccoli and apple's an apple. You don't have to read an ingredient label. And so I started eating the proteins and fruits and vegetables and legumes that I enjoyed. And, and I wasn't careful about calories or any kind of restriction this way. And so over this period of time, I started losing weight without trying. It was because the foods I was eating were helping me burn energy, not store fat. And that's a lesson I learned. And so this same principle was the same principle I use at my clinic now. So going back to what you were trained, push drugs, so right. to speak, right. you know, and I know right. your background, you grew up in East L.A. Right. And, and so here you are now, you're a licensed drug pusher in, in that way. You, you describe that in the book, which kind of got my attention. But, <laughs> but what about, what would you have to say? We are barraged by all these TV ads that just show us all these drugs that would do. There, we're even learning about new diseases we never even thought we would have, or maybe we think, oh, I might have that. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? What, what do you think of that? Well, I think these commercials are very powerful in their messaging because they'll show people that uh, have issues of obesity, and um, they'll be situated on a beach or somewhere that's fun. And the commercial goes on and on with this imagery going on in the background. Well, just take this drug and you'll be fine. So people will identify with this commercial and say, well, you know, I look like this person in the commercial and this drug is helping them. They look happy on the beach. Their dog is smiling. I guess I'll be happy. So it's already connecting that disease is okay. That abnormal is normal. And that's the problem. We have normalized abnormality. Disease is almost anticipated and expected. And so you're absolutely right. When we see these commercials, it's impacting us to believe that I will end up like this one day and there's a solution for me. And it's that medication. Now, let me ask you about diabetes in particular. Right. And um, I know a bit about this because my husband died of diabetes. So it really or complications sure. of, of the disease of diabetes. And, um, and then I was diagnosed with diabetes, even though now when I take blood tests, it's not showing up there. But I, I get that they say once it's diagnosed, it never goes off your chart. What can you say about that? I mean, like, so they, they, my HMO will say I'm never cured so to speak? Well, it's, you'll have a genetic propensity is what that means, really. It's like an alcoholic. Once they stop, once they go back, it's going to return. So this is what I tell all my patients. Once we re reverse their diabetes, reverse their obesity, their chronic issue, I tell them what is happening is truly the transformation of the mind because now you really know how to eat. In other words, you didn't do a diet for 
one to two or three months and then resort back to where you used to be in terms of your eating. So what I tell my patients is, we are gonna go on a path to help you reverse your diabetes, for, for instance, and once we accomplish that in two or three or four months, sometimes six months, during that process, they have learned how to eat the way they enjoy, because there's no one way of eating. There is no one size fits all. And that being said, these patients have transformed in their mind their lifestyle and how they're going to eat. So, Roberto, I know that you use in your, the subtitle of your book, Rebel Physician. Can you tell us why you use Rebel Physician? And that is thank you to my editor, because once he got to know me over the course of helping me with the editing of my book, he realized I was a rebel for this one reason, because I'm helping people heal. I'm offering broccoli instead of a drug. I'm offering to enjoy uh, fish instead of uh, hamburgers and fries every day. So if being a rebel in my situation means that I'm helping people heal and to feel happiness again and to smile more, then I'll take being a rebel any day. I want to remind our listeners that I'm here with Dr. Roberto Tostado, and he is the author of WTF, What the Food is Wrong with Our Health, a Rebel Physician's Manifesto for Reversing Disease and Increasing Smiles. And if you want to know more about his work, you can go to his website, theibody.com, and that's spelled V-T-H-E, then the letter I, body.com, the I body.com or you can get there through the new dimensions website newdimensions.org i'm justine willis toms you're listening to new dimensions I'm here with Dr. Roberto Tostado, and he is the author of WTF, What the Food is Wrong with Our Health, A Rebel Physician's Manifesto for Reversing Disease and Increasing Smiles. And there's a, there's a quote that, that I actually sent around to my Instagram and my, put it on my Facebook because I thought it was really applies to so much that you use in the book. And this is an Aldous Huxley quote that he said in 1961. And I want to read it because I think it's really very interesting. He said, there will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method for making people love their servitude 
and producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies so that people will, in fact, have their liberties taken away from them, but will rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. And this seems to be the final revolution. So, Roberto, I, he's really talking here about how we're, we're just distracted and we're headed towards this whole system of giving in to this kind of health care, and, or not care, as you would say, but health system. Well, it is, I see it as disease care. And that's how we have to look at this in a very honest way. And so when, when I saw this quote by Aldous Huxley, I thought it absolutely pertained to our current situation, our current system, because we are indoctrinated into this system where once you are sick, there's this reflexive attitude of the physician that now we're gonna put you on X, Y, and Z medication. And us as the patient, as the recipient, this is what we anticipate and this is what we expect. So we do have this disease mindset. And that's why in the book I say, health starts in our mind. Health is a mindset. Because it's how we look at it that will determine whether we live with a chronic disease or if we choose for ourselves to want to live free from the disease. But our medical system, as I mentioned in medical school, where we're taught pharmacology for two years. That's significant. That's half of your medical school education. And it's perpetuated throughout your, your training and residency. And we always see these pharmaceutical reps coming to us to push their wares, so to speak. Never have I ever seen a nutritionist come to me and say, have you ever considered giving bananas and apples to your patient? <laughs> Never. There's no money in it. There's no money in it, right? And so this is why I tell a lot of my patients who unfortunately or fortunately see me as too radical in the sense that they're so used to this other side where you come up with symptoms of diabetes. So you, you put on the appropriate medication. And what does the doctor say? I'll see you every three months. We're going to check your A1C. We'll check your blood sugars. And you'll be on this medication for the rest of your life. Now, when I see a patient... I congratulate them on, on being diabetic. And they're like, what do you mean congratulations? And I say, well, you've come this far and you've created this diabetes in your body. Now today is your opportunity to reverse this. Oh, you mean I could reverse this? I thought I had to live with this all my life. And my point is, and I think this is what Aldous Huxley is referring to, we do become anesthetized. And we think that, oh, well, it's disease, it's serious, and this medication sounds very important. I better take this, like my doctor says. But on the contrary, I tell people, you can become your own healer by the choices you make every single day on what goes into your body. So it's not coincidence that we have this opioid epidemic and that we have this epidemic, as you read earlier from the book, of diabetes, obesity, what I call the metabolic diseases, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. And for that matter, men becoming emasculated because of all these toxins in foods, pesticides, herbicides, antibiotics and hormones where testosterone levels have come down 
And so now men go see their doctor. Doctors say, well, I really don't know what to do with this because the blood lab says you're normal. Or take Viagra. Or take Viagra. (laughs) And the whole thing about you're normal, even though I feel terrible. So there's a disconnect there. And my point is, is that because we're not educated in nutrition, because in a doctor's mind, if you were to open up a doctor's head, it would say prescribe, 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 and what's for lunch? It's not... What can we do to help you reverse your disease? Well, let's talk about, I, I know that you talk a lot about toxins right. in, in the book and how we are just surrounded by toxins. We may not even know how many toxins we're exposed to. Can you say something about that? Right. And unfortunately, uh, you are correct. A lot of these are hidden from us. So all of us are in the dark when it comes to toxins. But this is why I do emphasize to my clients, to patients, to anyone willing to listen, to start eating more organic foods or foods from your backyard because farms that are not organic are using pesticides, herbicides, poisons essentially as fertilizers that we eat. And it's never a good idea to eat poison. So the point is, is that, and now you have what's called GMOs, genetically modified organisms. And Scientists have shown that GMOs uh, that are for preservation of foods, produce, can be cancer-causing in animals. So we can extrapolate that to the human. And because hormones and antibiotics are injected into cows and chickens to increase their size, increase the the meat muscle, uh, we consume this as well. So it's bad for the animal and it's bad for the person. And so these chemicals that are injected into animals are cancer producing as well. Breakfast cereals, people think that breakfast cereals are so uh, fantastic for their children and for themselves. And I always tell people, put the Captain Crunch down and pick up some organic eggs. You're much better off with eating real food because unfortunately a lot of these foods and these produce that are made with the pesticides and toxins, they cause inflammation and cancers and disease in our body. So what happens is that our body has to produce fat to insulate us from these toxins. So our body has evolved over the last half century or more where we have become larger as people compared to a century ago because of all the toxins that we've been exposed to, whether it is in fruits, in proteins, mercury in ocean waters. So if we eat a lot of tuna or mackerel or marlin, we're going to have mercury exposure. So toxins are everywhere you're seeing. They could be in, in water, they could be in air, electromagnetic waves, but primarily in our foods, which we consume every single day. And this is why I always ask my patients, you have a choice. Do you want to put toxic food in your body or do you want to put cleaner food in your body? But I say this not to feel so structured and regimented, but more in an open manner so that people are learning to eat their fruits, their vegetables, their beans, their, their uh proteins of choice, but have the occasional donut, have the piece of cake, have the wedding cake, whatever the the case is, so that you feel a certain balance, but you're balanced towards health and healing. What I notice as I I have changed my diet to, to really go along more with what you're saying here, and I have lost quite a bit of weight this way, and what I notice is that um, there are certain oils let me, let me put it this way. When I was eating sugary sort of stuff, 
I just craved more sugary sort of stuff. It just never got satisfied. I would just eat more of that. But what I found was when I ate things that I didn't think I should eat that had oil in them or or even protein, that if I added certain proteins to my diet, I was more satiated. I was... I felt full. I was. I felt satisfied. Yes. Like I didn't with the sugary. So what? What is that? You Why? bring up an excellent point. Where I mentioned everybody's a carboholic until proven otherwise. I was a carboholic, and the point is because we do focus a lot on sugary-based foods, or even things like bagels, or the what's typical breakfast, like cereals, or some kind of bread, a croissant, and or coffee with all these syrups and caramels. And the point is, is that. These types of processed carbohydrates are the cheapest form of fuel. So you're absolutely right. You'll consume these, and an hour later, you're starving. Or people who eat a lot of rice, for example, white rice, they'll eat this, and they'll be hungry an hour later. You contrast that with putting good fats like avocados or eggs or even organic butter, coconut oil, olive oil. These are great oils to consume. You do feel more satiated and more satisfied, and you'll stay full with more energy for hours versus focusing on these processed bready type foods or pizzas and pastas and ramen and things of this sort. Those are the once in a while foods. But when you focus more on these other high dense foods, it's better for the brain, it's better for your digestion, it's better for your energy. And this is why I'm always talking to my patients who are parents, make sure you feed your kid good fats because that's what they need for their brain development. When you give them sugars, cereals, sodas, they're bouncing off the walls, they can't focus, and now you're seeing childhood obesity and childhood type 2 diabetes. In medical school, we used to call it adult onset diabetes. You don't hear that term anymore. Now it's just type 2 because you have about 9, 10, 11-year-olds who are obese with diabetes. Let's talk about the liver as and what its function in the body is and how we can support our liver. Right. Well, the liver is the main filter of our body. It has a myriad of functions from coagulation of our blood when we're cut uh, to removing toxicities from our bodies, producing bile for digestion of fats. So it's the liver that we do focus on in terms of this whole detoxification process that we have, which is all whole food based. And people are introduced to cleaning their liver, so to speak. And the analogy I give, it's like changing the filter of your car. It runs better. You change the filter of your aquarium. The fish are healthier and it's cleaner. So since we don't change our liver per se, we could clean our filter through formal detoxes, whether it's um, you know, something that is uh, commercial or by eating more fruits and vegetables, say for a week and only drinking water, avoiding processed foods, avoiding alcohol, avoiding caffeine. And what we're doing is we're resetting our livers to clean toxins that we've accumulated in our bodies over time, over months, over years perhaps. And this allows the liver to remove toxins at a high level so that the liver can now focus on burning fat. And this is why I always tell my patients, a clean liver is a lean body. So drinking water is to actually clean our livers because the liver wants to be hydrated so that it could facilitate the removal of these toxins from foods, from water, from the chemicals we're exposed to on a day-to-day basis so that it can now work on producing energy. That's where also our sugar is stored. So the, the liver can now balance sugar storage and fat burning by cleaning the liver. So this is a concept that we introduce to our patients 
every single day. And when they go through this uh, three-week detoxification process of eating whole foods and organic powders that we've created out of whole food vegetables, people have lost as much as 30 pounds in three weeks just from cleaning their liver. And most importantly, it's transformative because they're understanding how food can be so critical in their healing. I'm here with Dr. Roberto Tostado, and he is the author of WTF, What the Food is Wrong with Our Health, a Rebel Physician's Manifesto for Reversing Disease and Increasing Smiles. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Dr. Roberto Tostado, and he is the author of WTF, What the Food is Wrong with Our Health. And if you want to know more about his work, you can go to his website, theibody.com, and that's spelled V-T-H-E, letter I, body.com, theibody.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. Roberto, I want to ask you a question. This was really odd in my own life. One time I went down to the Optimum Health Institute down in San Diego. And this is where you do this whole cleanse and you do all, you know, high colonics and you you eat like these tiny little trays of of like one little small tomato with some wheat grass, a lot of wheat grass. You have a lot of wheat grass, and and you exercise every day. And I was down there like for two weeks, totally dedicated. Did not do anything off program. And I came out of that. I had lost a total of one half pound. I mean, other people who were there just lost all sorts of weight. Why why did my body resist that whole regime? What 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 was wrong there? What I wouldn't say wrong, but where was my resistance? Well, I think you're right. Something was wrong in the sense that it isn't always the food. The food is the most important in this entire equation of helping our bodies heal. But there are also hormonal issues which I investigate with all my patients. I primarily look at the thyroid, I look at cortisol, and I look at testosterone in both men and women, because women also require testosterone, just like men require estrogen. And the point is, is when your body is resisting burning fat or losing weight, many times it's because your metabolism is slow, very sluggish. And I see that with probably 99% of my patients, so that when I do their blood testing, I look for what's known as their thyroid T3 levels. Standard medicine looks at what's called T4. T4 is inactive hormone, T3 is active. So when someone has a low T4, a doctor gives you what's called Synthroid or T4, 
which has to convert to T3. Too many people are toxic, so the T4 does not readily convert to T3. T3 is what I give patients, a combination of T4 and T3, and the T3 is active to help their metabolism increase, and now they're burning fat, they're feeling more energy, and they're starting to lose weight. Likewise, testosterone. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, men are becoming more and more emasculated. I'm seeing men in their 30s with low testosterone. That's a shame. When I was in medical school, low testosterone was for guys who were like over 65, 70. But now you're seeing men in their 30s and 40s with low testosterone because of all these EDCs, endocrine destructive chemicals, or these toxins we're talking about that suppress hormone production. So in your case, I wouldn't doubt that your thyroid was low. You probably had or have a low testosterone level, which I treat with bioidentical plant-based hormones, and cortisol levels, which are complex because they're supposed to be higher in the morning and lower in the evening. But because we're so stressed with these foods that are processed that we put into our bodies, and by the way, when I say processed foods so that your audience understands, when you walk into the supermarket, it's everything in the middle aisles. Stay on the outskirts where you have your proteins and your produce and your eggs, those are your whole foods. And then you look for the organic foods if you can. But everything in a box in a bag is processed. And so what happens then is these chemicals overwork our adrenal glands, which sit above our kidneys, and it produces cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And the receptors are in the midsection. So as more cortisol is being churned out because of all these toxins that we're exposed to, we start accumulating belly fat because the brain senses all this cortisol accumulating, so it tells our thyroid, slow down or stop. I don't want this fat burnt, because that fat tissue is insulating us from these excess cortisol levels, which are dangerous, because cortisol levels that are untamed, untethered, will lead to high blood pressure, cancers, diabetes, obesity, chronic fatigue, allergies, sugar cravings. And so now you have a carboholic, who keeps craving the sugars, and this cortisol keeps churning out. So you're saying that you, you need to detox in another way. It's not just about losing weight. No. Because then you're exposing yourself to more toxins in Absolutely. some way. Absolutely. You hit it on the head. So you could lose all this weight. And you, know, you know a lot of these people over the years. They go on these crazy diets, they lose weight, but then a year later, it's all back, if not more, because the body did not necessarily lose toxins. It lost fat tissue. And now the body senses all of these toxins and needs to produce fat to protect us from these toxins. So fat is actually our friend. We just don't want a lot of it. And so we're trying to find body balance. So one of my interpretations of all of this for me was because I had done so many fad diets through my life, up and down, up and down, you know, just I did them all, you know. Right. And... Um, then I felt like when I went to the Optimum Health Institute, I felt like it was just another time that my body said, uh-oh, here she is depriving me of food again. And it went into a kind of, I call it a starvation mode, mm -hmm. that it just said, I'm being starved, so I'm going to collect every single calorie I possibly can because she ain't going to feed me. Yes. And is is there some kind of truth in when we get on all these diets that that happens? That is absolute truth because your body will go into fat storing mode when you 
subject yourself to any kind of starvation. And I was going to ask you, when you write this optimum program, as well-intended as it is, did it feel natural to you? I think oh, the answer is no. Oh, absolutely none. It was just, it was horrible. I mean, because you're not a goat. You can't <laughs> just eat grass for two weeks and expect to feel fantastic and I healthy and happy. I hated it. I don't think you were smiling. No. <laughs> My point is, health should be natural. Whether you want to be vegetarian, somebody wants to be paleolithic, somebody wants to be ketogenic, whatever you want to label yourselves. And as you know, I make kind of a big joke about it in the book. My point is, is, but don't lie to yourself either. I have so many vegetarians that eat pizza all day long. Well, last I heard, pizza's not a vegetable. I think I eat more vegetables than vegetarians that I personally know, which is true. And so my point is, is, Programs like this make you feel like you're in a program. With my patients, I want it to feel very free and natural because it's cross-cultural. Whether you're Mexican or Filipino like my wife, whatever kind of background, so that you're enjoying the foods, the flavors, but in a wholesome manner. In other words, you don't always have to eat fried pork every day like my wife when I first met her. You can eat vegetables in your pork, but why don't you introduce some fish here and there? And this way it becomes much more balanced. And then people do transform from carboholics into what I call fataholics, eating good fats, proteins always have fat, and your plant fats like avocados or your nuts. And this way you realize, and spices that you enjoy, whether it's turmeric or cayenne or onions or whatever, and this way people realize Wow, I didn't realize eating healthy was delicious. Well, that's the magic. One of the things that I learned in my uh, weight maintenance program uh, in recent years was that um, I wasn't eating often enough. Mm -hmm. That I was like maybe eating only a little bit in the morning and then a big meal at night and that would be it. But they said, no, you need to eat like every three hours something just something that it keeps that hypoglycemic level. So is there something to that? To Especially if you're diabetic, mm -hmm. yes, you can get hypoglycemia, very low blood sugars, which is very dangerous because you could faint, you could pass out, it could be fatal. And so, but that could mean having a handful of nuts. Yes. You could have a piece of fruit. Oh, and by the way, so many people are afraid of fruit. Do not be afraid of fruit, even if you're diabetic. My point is sugars in fruit are not the table sugar that we're used to seeing and that people put in their coffee or their drinks. Vastly different, just like with salt. I tell people, eat sea salt. Eat the Himalayan pink sea salt. It's chock full of minerals. Don't eat sodium chloride, the chemical, the little umbrella girl salt. Don't eat that stuff because that's chemical in your body, whereas sea salt is nutritious and it's vital for our blood pressure and for our balance. So this, and it makes food much more delicious. So I tell people, don't be afraid of salt, sea salt. Do not be afraid of fats. And this is very eye-opening to so many people who thought these things were so bad for us. Well, they are if it's the chemical form. That's why I tell people, stay away from all these vegetable oils, corn oil, peanut oil, uh, canola oils, because these have what are called trans fats, which are cancer-producing and cause heart now, disease. Now, you call coconut oil a superfood. Fantastic food, yes. Coconut oil has so many medicinal qualities about it. In the 1920s, um, this is when ketogenic or fat-based diets were created, particularly for children that had seizure disorders and epilepsy, because it was 
uh, research that a lot of these fats broke down to what are called ketones, which feed the brain, and it would calm the extra electrical activity in the brain so epilepsy could be managed. And so when I discovered coconut oil many years ago, I read about its micro uh, antimicrobial properties. It helps us burn body fat. It increases your energy. It even helps people with Alzheimer's. They can, in early onset Alzheimer's, if you give them coconut oil daily, you can help recover some memory. And it's all because of the ketone food that's feeding the brain. And um, it helps for skin. Uh, if you've ever heard of oil pooling, you can put a tablespoon of coconut oil in your mouth, swish it around for like five, 10 minutes, uh, spit it out, and it can help prevent cavities. It can help prevent other diseases because a lot of bacteria lives in our mouth. Mm. So it's flushing out a lot of these microbes. Going back to, to salt, what about iodine in our bodies, uh, in our diet? Are, are we getting, uh, should we be getting iodine? What Talk about iodine. Right, so iodine, um, when white bread came to be about a century ago, uh, it was bleached, the flour is bleached wheat, and um, a chemical preservative known as bromide was used. So this preservative in breads has been consumed for many decades now across the world, and we're seeing about 70% of the worldwide population low in thyroid, which is astounding. And the reason being is that the bromide preservative in bleached flour products, which is almost anything, bread, crackers, whatever, cookies, it displaces iodine, which is the main nutrient for our thyroid gland. So our body is now being depleted of iodine through eating these processed uh, bread and white flour foods. And this is why the thyroid becomes deficient in terms of its hormone production or thyroid hormone production. So yes, um, we can have iodine, but I recommend more of an iodine that's not in chemical salts as an additive, but you can find iodine um, as a pure uh, mineral in food-based vitamins. And that's what I offer to my patients. So uh, organic food-based vitamins that can be researched online will contain iodine and other critical minerals. I'm here with Dr. Roberto Tostado, and he is the author of WTF, What the Food is Wrong with Our Health. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions.
I'm here with Dr. Roberto Tostado, and he is the author of WTF, What the Food is Wrong with Our Health, A Rebel Physician's Manifesto for Reversing Disease and Increasing Smiles. And Roberto, we were just talking about iodine, and there there is another way of getting it that you might mention. Absolutely. So, and again, because I mentioned earlier how the Japanese diet is very healthy, um, seaweed is consumed regularly. So seaweed is a fantastic source of iodine. Um, and seaweed, you can buy it as, uh, now it's like in seaweed chips. Or if you have sushi, you're going to get some seaweed. So wonderful, delicious source of iodine for your diet. What about vitamin D? You talk about vitamin D in your book specifically. So tell us, what does it do for us and how best do we get it into our bodies? Yes, D is a huge deal. And almost everybody I come across is deficient in vitamin D until proven otherwise. And it's always proven not that everyone, despite living in California, having sun exposure, typically has vitamin D in the levels of, say, the 20s or below, which is drastically low. True normal vitamin D, physiologic normal of vitamin D should be above 55 to around 80. Rarely are people in those levels, despite living in a sunny climate. And the reason D is so critical is because it's responsible for transmission in our brain. So the activation of thoughts, it's critical for prevention of dementia. It's critical for prevention of heart disease. It's critical for prevention of osteoporosis, which a lot of women experience. And D essentially is responsible for helping us prevent all autoimmune disease, which is incredible. Diabetes is considered autoimmune. A lot of the gastrointestinal issues, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, are considered due to deficiencies as well in vitamin D. So, a lot of my patients are taking vitamin D sources uh, that are not called D3, as in the number three, which is the most absorbable form of vitamin D. So, I always make sure that patients are taking D3 and that they're taking anywhere from two to 5,000 international units a day, which is not a very high dose. Most people are taking a thousand units around three times a week, and that's too low. So um, when I start correcting vitamin D with my patients, um, it, it's a D3 source, so that they're getting a minimum of 30,000 international units per week. And this way, it's going to help them with their current disease process and to help them prevent any further inflammatory process down the line. So the best sources are the sun, but the true way to get vitamin D from the sun is almost full body exposure between the hours of noon and two, because that's when the sun is the strongest. But most people can't afford to be outdoors in those hours exposed. And, and we avoid it because of skin cancer. Right. And, and it's a lot of these sunscreens that have PABA and phthalates that are actually cancer causing. <laughs> so I'd rather people get real sun exposure without any kind of protection for half an hour, 30 minutes, whatever the case may be, 45 minutes. And this way, they're actually absorbing real vitamin D. 
food sources of vitamin D are all the fatty fish like salmon or herring, um, sardines, anchovies. Um, there's one plant-based vitamin D food, uh, which is wild uh, mushrooms. So this is uh, another way people can invite vitamin D into their, into their diet and uh, eggs. So sun exposure, foods, and if necessary, supplementation with the vitamin D3. I know that another thing that you say, like that's a basis of much of our maladies, health-related maladies, is inflammation. So what can you say about inflammation and how to reduce that? Well, inflammation essentially is an umbrella term, as far as I'm concerned, to describe all diseases. Because essentially that's the root, inflammation. It's our immune system creating some sort of a response to a foreigner entering the body. So you could call inflammation diabetes, the pancreas. Inflammation arthritis, or skeletal structures. Inflammation of muscles, myositis. Um, and the point is, is all inflammation from our immune system will be helped and reversed, once again, through anti-inflammatory foods. So we do that through fruits and vegetables, which are the best foods to decrease inflammation. And these are the types of foods that aren't eaten regularly in this country. You don't see many people eating fruits and vegetables. They're normally going for their meat and perhaps a potato um, or things like pastas. And very little do you see the nutrition of the food protecting us. So fruits and vegetables and the omega-3 fats, which you see in fish, you see in lamb, you see in seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, um, hemp seeds, and nuts as well, um, are the omega-9 fats, which are also anti-inflammatory, like in walnuts and almonds. So this is the way, day-to-day, -day, that we can help reduce inflammation, but also taking supplements like omega-3 fish oils for my patients that don't eat any seafood, at the very least with the omega-3 fish oils, that is an anti-inflammatory that they're introducing into their body, and it's helping them protect their brain and their heart. What about yams? What do you say about yams? Well, I prefer sweet potatoes. Oh, over yams, sweet yeah. potatoes. Because the sweet potatoes have a lot of minerals, antioxidants, and vitamins. And even though they may look alike or even taste alike, they're actually distinct. So the yam is just much higher in sugars, whereas the um, sweet potato actually has a lot of nutritional benefit to it. It's for fiber as well, fantastic for digestion. But because it has these other antioxidant vitamins and minerals, um, it's going to help us with our overall physiology. Would a sweet potato then be considered a carbohydrate? Yes, absolutely. So it does turn into sugar and eventually. It, it does, but it's what's called a complex carbohydrate. So that it's, as it's being digested, you don't have these sugar spikes I see. in your blood. It's a slow digestion over time. So having, uh, having a little bit in our diet is not too bad. Absolutely. If you really and that's why I'm always saying we should all look to be balanced-atarians. <laughs> at, at, you know, at, at, at the purest foundation, because this way we are enjoying these complex carbohydrates, mm. but even the occasional dessert so that we don't feel restricted. I always say, you know, like willpower and discipline is so 1970s. 
And this is not about willpower and discipline. This is about exposing ourselves to various foods. And as I always tell my patients, the more you go to a farmer's market, the less you'll go to your doctor's office. Because it's the <laughs> farmer's market that's giving us the medicine for our body to truly heal. And fish oils actually help, as do green vegetables, which are my favorites, thin the blood so you don't get you know, uh, these higher risks of strokes and heart attacks. I just got an image from somebody on Facebook this morning, and she was saying, if you stop going to a grocery store, they probably won't miss you very much. But if you go to a farmer's market and, and spend some money there, you are really supporting an entire industry that, that they will notice. So it, farmer's markets are, are really good, and every little town has one. Yeah, and I'm always encouraging to take uh, their kids, if they have kids, because now their kids could explore all these foods, taste these foods, and help the family become healthier, mm -hmm. truly. I want to just uh, close with your saying something about your work as an eye, eye body clinic. What is that, and where is it located, and how can people tap into it? So um, our clinic, the iBody, is based in San Marino, California, adjacent to Pasadena, where the Rose Bowl is. And um, truly, I focus there on regenerative medicine. And that is that we don't accept deterioration as part of normal aging. So that I help people detox their bodies so that they can lose weight by learning how to eat ample amounts of food, not by restricting foods by cutting out processed foods little by little and replacing them with whole foods of their choice. Um, we help balance hormones with natural plant-based hormones like testosterone pellets and estrogen for men and women in menopause and andropause. And we also do stem cell therapies using either cord blood or fat tissue from the patient themselves to help reduce inflammation in joints or it can help them in terms of overall energy as well. So. Our thrust then at iBody is to help people heal, feel happiness again, and have control of their body and their happiness. So, and, and, and you, when you say regenerative medicine, there, do you think that this is the way that of the future, that, that this is going to be more and more prevalent? Is it going to switch over, or how is it going to happen? It is my hope. And I think we're going to have two parallel universes. We'll always have traditional medicine, but I think we also have an audience building where people want to feel good. They want to feel healthy. They're tired of taking medication. They're tired of going to doctor's appointments, and they want a solution. And the solution really can be found in doctors like myself who give them this information and give them the opportunity to transform themselves. Dr. Tostado, I want to thank you so much for being part of New Dimensions today. Thank you. I've enjoyed myself so much, and I hope your audience can get something from this. Thank you. I'm sure they will. I have. I've been speaking with Dr. Roberto Tostado, and he is the author of WTF, What the Food is Wrong with Our Health, a Rebel Physician's Manifesto for Reversing Disease and Increasing Smiles. And if you want to know more about his work, you can go to his website, theibody.com, and that's spelled V-T-H-E, then the letter I, body.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. 
I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening to New Dimensions. This is program number 3677. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. This program was recorded at Strawberry Hill Productions, a full-service podcast production studio in Novato, California. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions, as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions, whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions.